Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Welcome to the Indie Film Hustle Podcast, episode number 270. Build your own dreams. If not, someone will hire you to build theirs. Farrah Gray. Broadcasting from the back alley in Hollywood, it's the Indie Film Hustle Podcast, where we show you how to survive and thrive as an indie filmmaker in the jungles of the film biz. And here's your host, Alex Ferrari. Welcome, my Indie Film Hustlers, to another episode of the Indie Film Hustle Podcast. I am your humble host, Alex Ferrari. Today's show is sponsored by Streamlit. Streamlit is a unique streaming service that is dedicated to indie film and watching the latest indie film. So if you guys want to see what other filmmakers are doing with low-budget, no-budget, micro-budget films, then Streamlit is for you. These are real indie films, not Hollywood indie films playing as independent films. And if you are a filmmaker who has a short or feature film that needs distribution and you want to get in front of an audience, Streamlit is also for you. You can also upload your films there as well. And exclusive to the IFH tribe, you get a coupon code HUSTLE2018 to get a monthly subscription for just $2.99. That's Streamlit.com. Today's show is also sponsored by Blackbox. Blackbox is a new platform and community that is all about financial freedom for filmmakers like you. If you join Blackbox, you will be transformed from being a worker to being a maker of your own content. And you'll be making steady passive income from the global market. Blackbox currently allows you to upload your stock footage once, get it to many global agencies, and then allows you to share that passive income stream with your collaborators. Whether you want to submit old footage that's been sitting around in your hard drives or create brand new content, Blackbox is for you. It's really quite revolutionary. With Blackbox, filmmakers can concentrate on making great content while Blackbox takes care of all the business BS. Just visit www.blackbox.global to find out more. Before we get into the show, guys, I want to thank everybody who has gone kind of nuts over IFH TV, man. I am super, super excited that you guys are excited about this streaming platform that I'm putting together, and I cannot wait to share it with you guys. I'm like counting down the days to November 1st, but if you want to get early access, just head over to IFHTV.com and sign up, and I will let you guys know, maybe get a little early access to IFH TV, which uh, people are really, really excited about. So thank you again so much for the support and the enthusiasm for what I'm doing with IFH TV. And if you guys haven't seen it, there is a teaser trailer running around the internet and also at IFHTV.com. So you can check out a little little sneak peek of what you can have, uh, what you can expect 
on IFHTV. So more to come on that. But today's guest is Susan Cachera, and she is a documentarian and the director of Living in the Future's Past, starring the legendary Jeff Bridges. And I wanted to have Susan come on to talk about what the movie is about, but also her process, um, the importance of documentarians today, how she shoots and edits everything herself, uh, and the kind of work that she's doing as a documentarian, and kind of get inside the process of a world-class documentary filmmaker. So without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Susan Cuchera. I'd like to welcome to the show Susan Cuchera. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. So can you first off tell us how you got into the business? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, <laughs> it's kind of a long story. I mean, I, I've been filming since I was nine. I started on a Bolex, um, you know, by my side of my um, father's side on the Athabasca Glacier. He was a geologist, and we did a lot of filming for Britannica films. Oh, cool. And, and, and then fast forward long, long time, I um, – I was getting a divorce, <laughs> uh, and I was thinking, oh, okay, what am I going to do now? And the only thing I really knew how to do really well was film, mm -hmm. and the Red One camera had just come out. Um, actually, it hadn't even come out. I got on the list to get one. <laughs> right, with that yeah, box that I, they showed I, at NAB. <laughs> I thought, okay, I thought, I, I can handle this. This takes good old fashioned filmmaking. You can actually use cinematic lenses. You, mm -hmm. you it's uh, it was a lot like an actual film camera, mm -hmm. not a point and shoot camera. And so I, I got it. I made a documentary called, um, trading on thin air. And I thought, Oh, you know, I'll just see if I can do this. And, um, and it got picked up, uh, by Netflix. And so I thought, okay, I think I, I think I can probably do this. And so <laughs> <laughs> this film uh, that I just did with Jeff, it's my fifth documentary. Mm -hmm. um, one of the ones I did, though, was a nonprofit, um, so that, that didn't circulate in a lot of places. But um, it's, been, it's been a wonderful experience the last, uh, what, 10, 10, 12 years now. Now, how, what made you get interested more into documentary filmmaking as opposed to narrative filmmaking? Well, um, I, hmm, that's a good question. I, I have written screenplays and I know how difficult it is to get films made. And when you're no. making, yeah, really, <laughs> I know. Surprise, surprise. You have a screenplay. What? <laughs> Actually, that's how I have it. I, it's so funny. All these little points that take you in these different areas. So that's why I ended up with an agent. Um, because that screenplay had gotten some interest and, um, nice. uh, and I, I was still a full-time mom then, but, uh, as I said, divorce kind of forces you to <laughs> get with the program. And, um, I, uh, uh, she, she was able to find a home for my first documentary, my, my agent. Mm -hmm. And, um, that I just took off from there and I, I really enjoy it. It's, uh, I, I have one camera and I, tr I can move around with one camera much more easily than, than a giant crew. And I film all the time. I, I just love, I love the act of filming and, uh, it's like hunting, right? You, you're, yeah. you're capturing things that are only exist in a, a split second and aren't there again. So like the grizzlies in the film, 
you know, you can't cue a grizzly, right? So I happen to be in the right place at the right time. <laughs> you could try to cue them, but it's probably not going to work real well for you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And and it's just a, it's an interesting process. Uh, all all of us documentary filmmakers just add to the cultural narrative um, the best we can. And, um, so it's very gratifying that way. And now what are you shooting? So what are you shooting with now? You shoot with a, a red Epic or? It's a Epic W. I can't yeah. keep track of them. There's too many. I know. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's All this dragon and monstro and whatever. Else I know. I guess on the upside, we, we get to recycle our hard drives. So we, there's no physical film in that. Sense, correct. Know. Correct. So it is. It is, uh, it is difficult. You you end up on a on this sort of treadmill. <laughs> mm-hmm, absolutely. I'm, I'm done. I think I have the camera that I'll just keep for the rest of my life. So you say that now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm 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 definitely done. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it keeps working, you'll be fine. Yes, exactly. That's right. Now, do you also edit your own work? I do. What do you do. cut? What do you cut on, and, and how do you feel that helps you as a documentarian? Because I know a lot of documentarians that don't have that skill as far as document shooting or editing. How is it working in, in in the kind of work that you're doing? Well, my process is very organic, and so I, if I edit myself, which I do, and I'm I'm still on Final Cut <laughs> Ten. Okay. okay. But, um, I'm not. I'm not in the forward realm of uh, whatever they're using now, all the fancy stuff. Um, but I'm assuming Final Cut, well, you're, um, the latest version of Final Cut 10. Yeah, the latest version of Final it's Cut. It's a very powerful piece of software. Don't don't knock it. It's a, it's oh, no, a, no, no. Oh, no, I'm not knocking it. I'm, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just laughing because uh, a lot of people say, oh, you know, why are you still using that? And I, I it works they just for don't, me. They just so. don't know. They just don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> and so I become, obviously I'm very familiar with the imagery that I have that already I have quite a, I've been filming for 10 years. So I have a lot of imagery that I, that I can get, you know, at my fingertips. Mm-hmm. And so if I'd handed all of that to somebody else, I think that would be very difficult for them to try to navigate. And the, um, the interviews, um, I used to transcribe all the interviews and I found that to be a little bit difficult because what people say when you read it, mm-hmm. it's different than when it's in person and and how they say it, et cetera, et cetera. And so I, I, I kind of gave up doing that. And I just become very, very familiar with what all of my subjects are saying. Uh, and I do my best trying to weave weave a story uh, together. And I and I have um, I mean, living in the future's past, it's it is more on the poetic side Um Although it certainly has a, a an impact on people when they see it. Now let's talk about that. Your latest film in the in the living in the future in futures past. How did it come about, and what is it all about for people who don't know? Well, it's a film, as Jeff likes to say, it's a film that takes a good look under the hood of humanity. And we we um, we had a great executive producer. His name was Jim Swift, and I'd worked with him before. And actually, he sort of had the thought of, well, you know, why do we do what we do in the face of in large environmental issues that we are, you know, have in front of us? And so um, we wanted to work with um, Jeff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and who is this Jeff you speak of? Oh, Jeff Bridges. Sorry. <laughs> 
know. Is he a new actor? I haven't heard of him before. I know. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's one of these fly-by-nights, right? <laughs> <laughs> he is such an amazing human being. What a what a what a great gift. Um, he came on board, and we started from scratch, and we created this um, beautiful piece of work. Um, and we we did actually watch a lot of other documentaries. Jeff was very involved. We we didn't want to just contribute another kind of doomsday or scary thing <laughs> that gives you a lot of information, but doesn't sort of, you know, you don't know, you just want to crawl into your bed after you hear that. Mm-hmm. So we start, we decided to look at the whole human meta story, where we've been, where we are, where we're going. And we, in, uh, we have emergence in there and entropy and, um, ecology and, um, evolution, all the ease, right? Energy. <laughs> we looked at the flows of energy, how that actually works in our society. So it's just a really different, unusual film um, that you, you keep you keep thinking about it days later. Now, how, how did you get Jeff Bridges, <laughs> a legend <laughs> like Jeff Bridges, to be involved in your movie? Well, uh, as I said, we wanted to work with someone who uh, had a name, <laughs> And, um, so my agent, um, actually it was Jim, Jim thought of Jeff actually first, Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And my agent did reach out to Jeff and Jeff watched uh, another film that I had done called breath of life Mm -hmm. and he liked it. And so I got a call, I was walking up the road and I got a call and it said, Oh, Hey, just hang tight. I've got Jeff Bridges on the other line. And I said, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> totally out of the blue and, um, and we just kind of hit it off on the phone um and we just we just created this thing and we we collaborated through facetime um we took our time because jeff was working on a number of films mm-hmm. at the time and so he would kind of disappear for a while and i would do stuff and then he would come back and i would show him stuff and and we um we just went back and forth like this. And then as the film narrowed down t- towards the end, um, he, he lent himself to the film too. So he's in it, he's in it as well. Yeah. That, that always helps. <laughs> it definitely helps. So he's just not a narrator. He's actually on screen kind of taking you through a little bit of the journey. Right. And I should have given my crew credit cause he actually carried the tripod when I filmed. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's been Jeff's been doing this for how many years? I mean, <laughs> since he was a kid. I mean, he's he's been around doing this stuff. So uh, I'm sure he didn't mind picking up a tripod. No, no, he really gave his all, and um, it, and it shows. And and the film, I think, we're we're both very proud of. How so, what do you hope? What are you hoping for with the film? What what is your end goal with uh, with people who watch the film? Well, we decided to shake things up a bit. As I said, we we approach this in a different way. And when you go to see this film, you'll actually learn a lot about yourself and not in a blaming way or, or why are you a human kind of way, mm-hmm. but actually how your brain thinks, um, how interesting things like uh, talking about capitalism in terms of optimal foraging theory um, which people often don't think about, um, like if you're a if you're a wolf, <laughs> right? 
you and you're spending energy, you don't want to spend the same amount of energy getting a mouse if you could spend the same amount of energy getting a, a deer. And mm -hmm. so, and we look at that in terms of the stock market and just kind of how our whole society functions. Um, not not whether it's good or bad, just you know, this is it. And um, so, so you know, interesting concepts like that. We are we're always looking at ourselves, comparing ourselves to how animals operate. Um, and so you just you just get an interesting idea of humanity this way. And it also allows people who are feeling vulnerable. We sort of, we meet people where they're feeling vulnerable, um, and we kind of look at why things are the way they are. And um, as I as I said, for, well, for me the whole energy aspect of it really opened my eyes. And so now I'm, I'm thinking about my decisions differently. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm looking at the world differently, politics, everything. So it's just, uh, it's just, it's kind of eye opening as, as I mentioned. And, um, well, first of all, how important uh, are documentarians in today's world? I mean, there's so much stuff going on. Uh, I know. We, we, we live in a crazy time. Uh, we do. <laughs> and, and and I think sometimes the news is so busy covering the show um that it's difficult um for them to actually do a lot of the journalistic things that they used to do back in the day um uh, which which aren't as flashy and I think documentarians have picked up a little bit if not a lot of that slack would you agree? Oh, I definitely agree. If you can spend an hour and a half unpacking um a thought, right, or or mm -hmm. different aspects of something, you're certainly obviously going to learn a lot more mm -hmm. um, than if you just got 10 or 15 minutes to listen to a soundbite here or there. Um, and so, yeah, I guess documentaries do. I mean, it's whatever turns our brain on, right? And people are, unfortunately, we're all so busy. Sometimes it's hard to get the bigger picture. But if one can spend the time put in the time, uh, new ideas emerge. And I think that's the role of documentarians to, to and art also. I mean, this is an artistic film too. Art can uh, sometimes shake us up and, and make us, uh, jolt us out of our sort of um, typical way of thinking. And so and that's another thing that we tried to do. Now you, you, you did, um, you were the cinematographer on the film as well? Yes. It's, images are gorgeous in this film. I mean, they're really, really stunning. I mean, how did you learn who taught you or how did you teach yourself to make these amazing images which are for most for the most part with natural light i know i well uh uh money <laughs> <laughs> money did you did you pay the sun how did it... i would have loved to have had a crew right oh lights everything you make everything perfect but when you're making a documentary and you're on a budget uh-huh I have to get really creative. And so the film, I didn't go to China and I didn't go to Dubai. There's some shots, little shots mm -hmm. from there, here and there. And there's obviously a lot of archival footage in there mm -hmm. too and some stuff from NASA. But the rest is just, um, when I, as I said, when I see things and they're unusual, I'm, I have my camera with me. And so I've been able to capture things that um, you, you would have a hard time putting together with a crew. Um, <laughs> right, because you have to move quickly. <laughs> yeah, I utilize my daughter. Um, you know, there's I, I utilize two dancers so we could kind of, whenever I was trying to um, just 
show humanity and different aspects. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. You just get creative and you, and it, it came out well, but I, I think I, just because I've been filming since I was nine, I just, I guess I just have an eye. Got it. got it. Now there is a lot of archival footage in the film. Can you talk a little bit about the process of uh, getting archival footage? If like for documentary uh, documentarians listening to finding archival footage, dealing with the legalities of it, buying it, the whole, the whole process. Cause I think it's a little mysterious for a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's not so bad if you get to the level where you're actually releasing a film like we did in the theater. It's out in the theaters today. Uh, then you have to pay a little extra, and that's for, for the license. license. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that archival stuff, um, I, hope, I hope they don't mind me plugging them. They're called Critical Past, and uh, a lot of their footage is from the U.S. government. It's in the public domain, um, and you pay them. They've done all the work finding all of this stuff and um, making sure that it's um, broadcast safe uh, because a lot of it's obviously very old. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's a very good resource. And what's the name of it? Critical Past? Critical Past. Okay. Dot uh, com? Yes. I will definitely put that in the show notes because it's, it's rough. It's rough looking for footage, especially archival stuff um, for, docu- yeah. for documentarians. Um, did you ever see the movie Atomic Cafe? No, I didn't. <laughs> Have you ever heard of it? I have heard of it. Yeah, it's it's I, I I saw it in my video store when I was working there, and it's a movie completely made of archival footage. Is it really? Oh my god! The gosh. entire cool. movie is made. They told a narrative story with archival footage of the bomb dropping, and wow. it's it's kind of like a satire. Oh, interesting! I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I I would go on their website, and sometimes I would just get lost watching stuff. <laughs> wow, this is fascinating! How long? By the way, how long did it take you to shoot this or put it all together? Um, well, let's see. From the beginning of working with Jeff, uh, that was about two and a half years ago, maybe a little longer. Mm-hmm. I mean, the film came out in festivals in February, and it's been in festivals since February. Uh, it traveled all over the world. Nice. Not me, but mm-hmm. the film. <laughs> I know. It would be nice if they would, they would let you go too, right? <laughs> and the, um, so, uh, yeah, I get a little fuzzy on the time. So, yeah, I would say about two and a half years. It probably took a year to edit. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, as during the process of editing, obviously I didn't have all the footage that I needed. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have to get other stuff. I need, I need something, you know, just, mm-hmm. just something just right. Um, so I would, I would do that. But, um, but I, again, I'm just lucky. I, since I've had this camera or, um, you know, the, this type of camera mm-hmm. <laughs> for some time, just being able to dig into my own library was extremely helpful. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and what I find also fascinating about your story is, you know, to, to find someone like Jeff, who's obviously a legend and an Oscar winner and all this kind of stuff to be a, a, a part of a movie like this you literally just had your agent call them and 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 call his agent and go hey this is a project and you people never think of just calling up and saying hey i've got a project maybe they'll be interested right i yeah i don't know we'd have to ask her i don't know what her secret is <laughs> <laughs> But um, she was great, yeah. And then he, um, he again, he watched something that I had done. But he, 
he was really turned on by the subject, obviously, That's awesome. and, and and the subject that we were interested in telling, which was a little more in depth than just here's all the bad news, you know, what are what crawl into your bed now. We've had we have had we've had plenty of those documentaries. <laughs> I've watched many of them. I'm like Jesus. <laughs> no, I I yeah, it doesn't feel very well. Of course, information is helpful. That's sure. Important. We need that, but also um, I think there's a quote in the film. It isn't so much what we're thinking about the world we live in. It's how we're thinking about the world we live in. And there's all sorts of interesting philosophy through this film Mm -hmm. about how to just see things slightly differently. Um, But then it's, but there's also a hardcore here. Here's the reality. And, and we're obviously stuck with, with, um, resources the way they are energy mm-hmm. it is and so it's it's sobering but it's also um exciting very cool now i'm going to ask you a few questions i ask all of my guests um what advice would you give a filmmaker wanting to break into the business today make a film <laughs> that's what i did i i invested in myself i i just decided i would Trading on Thin Air was my first film, and I didn't know if people would like it, but I gave it a try, and it was definitely low budget, but it mm-hmm. worked out okay. Um, so that's one option. Obviously, um, hooking up with um, uh, interning with people who are, are working in this field is really helpful, mm-hmm. but getting out and, and doing it. Very good. Now, can you tell me what book had the biggest impact on your life or career? Oh my gosh! Oh, that's hard. <laughs> Honestly, I, aside from the um, the books that I've been reading lately, who are that are mostly from the people who are in the movie, <laughs> right? I, I, I was like, I don't know if I can even think back that far. Oh my gosh! Any um, any book that comes to mind that really had an like, impact? I okay. So there's a there's a book by Timothy Morton that I actually read as I was sculpting this film, mm-hmm. and. Um, Man, I'd have to look up what it was. It's his latest book is called Being Ecological, but there mm-hmm. was another one before this one. Shoot, I don't have it handy in my mind. Right. But he he the reason it was so powerful, his prose in there, it really made you reach your you really had to think. And it was a challenge to get through. And um, but when you come out the other end, you have all these aha moments. <laughs> That's and awesome. So, so I, yeah, I guess I just have to plug Timothy Morton's work. <laughs> okay. Very, very interesting. Um, yeah, philosophy. <laughs> now, what lesson took you the longest to learn, whether in the film industry or in life? Oh, well, the moment I had my daughter, I realized that I really didn't know diddly squat. (laughs) (laughs) Kids have that effect on you. (laughs) I know. And so, uh, yeah, what? She's 24 now. She's um, working on her PhD. And I would say the process of watching another human being develop um, gives you some pause as to, well, Oh, gosh, it puts you in a vulnerable situation where you're having to reevaluate you know, everything that you learned, everything in your life. And so I would say that that had a big impact on me. Where can people find out about the movie and more about your work? Uh, well, the movie is in theaters today, mm-hmm. the next few days. We had um, Trafalgar released it um, in 80 theaters. 
And then we are still in festivals after that. And then I believe it's out VOD and every, everywhere you'll be up you know, where you see movies typically in a um, month and a half or so from now. Okay. Very cool. And anywhere and people can find your work? Uh, yeah. Breath of Life is available. Um, I think it's on um, Amazon and Hulu. I'm not sure all the places that it is, but it's easy to find. Okay. And Trading on Thin Air was on Netflix. It came out in 2008. It was on Netflix for six years. And then I was asked if I wanted to re-put it out. And I, I didn't because it was my first work. And I thought the sound was not well fixed. <laughs> I thought, okay, I don't really want people to. But it, it was actually a good, it was a fun, fun, good movie. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Susan, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk and thank you for making such a wonderful film. It's a, a very important film that needs to be done nowadays without question. But thank you for so much for sharing your uh, your process with us. Oh, no problem. Sorry for my uh, my lack of memory in the moment here. It's been a, <laughs> been a wild ride with this theatrical. We're all just kind of fried. <laughs> Not a problem at all. Thanks again. All right. Thanks. I want to thank Susan for coming on and sharing her process with us. Thank you so much again, Susan. And you guys, I've seen the movie. If you haven't seen it, Living in the Future's Past is a wonderful documentary about the world, about where we're going, where we've been, and uh, hopefully it'll do some good out there. And if you want to get access to the movie, check it out in theaters. It's out today. And, uh, and it will be about in uh, VOD in the next month or so. But if you want to go to the show notes at IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash 270, you will get uh, all the links to everything we talked about in the episode, including TheCriticalPass.com, which is an amazing archival site if you are doing documentaries as well. So that's it for another one, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, more stuff coming on IFHTV. I promise you, I cannot wait to show you everything. I'm working on getting the apps on right now onto Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon. So I'm hoping they're going to be available when we launch November 1st. If not, they'll be available right soon after. But of course, you'll have access to it on the web. And then we'll worry about the other apps and stuff later on coming up in the next few weeks after that. So it's going to be crazy. And uh, we have some just insane content. I can't wait to share it with you guys. I'm so, so excited. So thanks again for all the support, guys. And as always, keep that hustle going. Keep the dream alive. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Indie Film Hustle podcast at IndieFilmHustle.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-F-I-L-M-H-U-S-T-L-E.com. With the brand new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone ever on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for just $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia 